Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the pastor of the Apostolic Deliverance Tabernacle. Let me start over. The Apostolic Deliverance Tabernacle of Christ. Pastor Dallas Simmons, thank you for joining me. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you having me. Man, listen, you know that long title, brother. We're going to have to work on that. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. I got you. Look, why is he working on it? We're talking about that already. I don't know how y'all going to get new members with that long title, man. (laughs) (laughs) You got a point. You got a point. You got to do some revamping. But nah, good to, good to talk to you. It's funny because you know I always like to brief my guests somewhat, and uh, I, I gotta mess with you because you forgot who I was, and you uh-huh. was trying to figure out if we met in all all over the street, you said <laughs> everywhere but church. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But you know what? It's it's been almost thirty years, so I'm gonna give you a pass, and it's good to see you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Likewise, my brother. So the reason I got you on here, because, you know, we're going through the the COVID and everything, and the church is going to look totally different. I, at least I think it will be. So yeah. I wanted to get your input on it. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and I agree with you, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's the inevitable. I mean, that, like, when people say church as usual, I know that, you know, we're hearing all over the media uh, social media in general, people are saying, when is everything going to get back to quote-unquote normal? And uh, I, I don't know if it ever will be, you know? Um, and people, you know, people are so leery with this whole COVID pandemic or whatever have you that uh, this, I think, is being hyped out of proportion, uh, but uh, not saying that it's not a real thing or a real uh, issue or real condition that is out there. Um, but it's so much fear that's in the atmosphere. People are afraid to even come close. You know, like back in the day, you would dap a brother up, or <laughs> you give somebody, you give somebody a hug, give somebody a high five, or whatever. And now, you know, it's like okay, people are so fearful that okay, I'm gonna catch something. So, you know, and of course, you know, in the church, being that we have the same up, upbringing or that background, you know, when when pastor said, hey, everybody greet somebody, you know. Brothers and sisters get up and hug one another like it ain't nothing, you know. And but now is is it going to get back to that? I don't. I don't I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. I'm a, I'm gonna back up because one mm-hmm. thing I, I wanted to touch on. You actually just became a pastor. Like you just got your church like in September of 2019. Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. So this. So you really you really was kind of just getting your feet wet before all this happened. This is true. But you was, ironically, I follow your page, and ironically, you were Mm -hmm. actually kind of ahead of the curve, because if I remember correctly, you were doing services online before this began. I was. I was. I was was doing services online, like, uh, just to back up a little bit. We we first started our Bible studies. Uh, me and my wife, uh, First Lady Shaquita Simmons. Special shout out to her, my queen, and uh, and the ADTOC Church family. We started our Bible studies in May, uh, May first of last year, May first, and we started holding Bible studies in person. So we were still in a building, but we were in a community center. 
and so we were holding the services at the community center and whether a handful of people may show up sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it, it was just me preaching to the choir, if you will. And, but yet while we were doing those services in the community center, yes, I was streaming them from my laptop or streaming them uh, from my cell phone or from my wife's phone. Uh, and so, so we were streaming it while it was still yet live in person as well. Did that actually help you gain membership? Um, I want to say I think so. I think so. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to um, I would say it's kind of hard to really um, uh, I would say I'm trying to find the word maybe get a gauge on it at, mm -hmm. at this moment. Um, I think social media is huge. I mean, we definitely use it a lot. Uh, I'll give you an example right here, brother. This going to make you laugh. Okay. <laughs> Fred Hammond. Now, this blew me and my wife away. Just yesterday, um, somebody had posted, and they were making fun of us, right? It was a comedian. Me and my wife, we were singing praise and worship. You know how you open the service up? Yeah. You, know, you, got, your, you got your prayer. You got your scripture reading. Then you got your praise and worship. So me and wifey up there, we out there in the park where, where we were holding service at Tucker Road Community Park. And uh, that's a spot in Fort Washington, Maryland. So long story short, we sing in this song, Fred Hammond's uh, Bless. We're blessed, blessed, you know, the blessed song. And, you know, we can't sing that good. <laughs> I, 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 look, I ain't got no cut cards. Hey, look, ain't no shame in my game. Look, we just making it do what it do. We just trying to get by. Well, you look, know? it's going to be hard to compare yourself to Fred Hammond, brother. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. You can't do that, man. <laughs> but just case in point, how social media... Uh, and we're just in awe of it right now, to be honest with you, man. This thing is at over 20,000 views. It's trending. Wow. Now, that's something we didn't look for. We weren't, you know, we're not trying to be popular, quote unquote, or we're not trying to be in the limelight. We're just trying to do God's will as, as you know, any, any pastor or, or leader should do. And, you know, lo and behold, a comedian, while he was clowning us, making fun of us on his page, Somehow it got to Fred Hammond's Instagram page. Mm. So if you go, if you if you go to the real Fred Hammond, if you go to his Instagram page, he made a post about it and he used <laughs> our video. That's gonna, it's gonna blow your mind when you see it, bro. Now I gotta <laughs> check it out. <laughs> so now hopefully that twenty thousand views will bring some new visitors our way. <laughs> hey, listen, look. God don't exactly tell you how you're going to get there, but look. Yes, sir. You get there, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So once you started doing on, like, did you have any apprehensions about going mm -hmm. totally virtual, even though you had to? Um, In terms of apprehensions, I guess, um, not really. Not really. I mean, because we knew, like you said, it, it, eventually we had to. We had to, in, in terms of um, just show, you know, sharing our testimonies and being transparent with people about, you know, where God has brought us from. And I believe that that's something that God wants us to do. You know, in this day and age, man, we're, we're in a time where, uh, you know, people, a lot of people have lost faith in the church. A lot of people have lost faith in Christ. And a lot of people don't believe that there are real ministries out there. Um, and again, no one is perfect. None of us are angels or anything like that. We all have a past. We all have made mistakes, done things we're not proud of. 
uh, myself included. And so I believe that that's something that God wants the church to do uh, to begin to reach people even in a, in a greater way is, is for people to share uh, some of the things that God has done in their life personally. So when you, when you, do you, who's, when you actually do your um, virtual service, who's with you? Uh, besides my wife, uh, we have a few members right now. Um, and the, in terms of, there's a gentleman who does record it. Uh, his name is Marlon, Brother Marlon uh, Woodford. And most time he's recording the services on, he's either using my phone or my wife's phone, uh, using his tripod or whatever have you. And uh, yeah, most, most time he's uh, just, just recording the services. Is it the same yeah. amount of, is it the same amount of people there? Uh, well, cause you, I mean, you were just starting out, so you didn't, you didn't have a big church, but no. it, I'm assuming now that the numbers are smaller because of the COVID, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Well, I, I, was, I honestly, for us, it wasn't really that the numbers were small because of COVID. Okay. Because our numbers, really the numbers fluctuate. And, and I think most pastors that, that are new like myself, um, and I have several friends that have just kind of started out like myself uh, as well. Uh, I think the numbers, they, for us, it, they weren't really affected that much by COVID because mm -hmm. our congregation was not really that large anyway. We, we, we basically had a few in number. I mean, you know, you might count them on two hands put together. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, versus, you know, had we, you know, if, if it was, you know, there are situations where a pastor, maybe he was under another pastor or leader and he branched, became a sister church of that other pastor's church. And then maybe some members followed him there. Then that congregation would automatically be a little larger versus someone who's basically building from the ground up, which we are. Does, does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you, does it, um, because again, because now most people are virtual, does it actually change the way you deliver your message knowing that, okay, I could have more people watching me because there's more mm -hmm. people home. Like, does that change the way you deliver your message? Um, I would say yes. I would say yes, slightly, but not, I, honestly, it really doesn't. I mean, I think for me, it causes me, and of course my wife, she speaks or, uh, and teaches the word as well at times, so we kind of are interchangeable. But for me, it's, it's pretty much the same. But it, like whether it's, in, in other words, if I'm in front of 50 people in a room in a building or 100 people or however many, the message that God gives me to speak or to preach or teach on is the same. Uh, because in other words, God doesn't want us to change our message up based on who's viewing us. Mm -hmm. Like, in other words, if, if we're going to be a true man and woman of God, we've got to say what thus saith the Lord. We've got to say exactly what God tells us to say, not necessarily worry about what the people want to hear. You, you know what I'm saying? So okay. I, I think that's, that's the difference in uh, maybe some of the, 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 the true preachers and the, and the puppets out here. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a question because we grew up, we basically grew up going to the same church. Uh, yes, let's, let's just be honest, black church, you know, you yes, got sir. the Holy Ghost, you got the shouting, you got yes, a lot sir. of high energy there, right? Yes, sir. So once I relocated, my daughter goes to a Christian school. 
So okay. this was the first time that I went to basically an all white church. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sitting there, right? And the pastor's delivering the word. Uh -huh. Nobody says anything. Like yeah. the service was really quick. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody I said. I know where you're going already. <laughs> right. So do you guys actually feed off of that energy? Because that's different. I mean, you being in a room, you being in a, you being in a congregation with about a hundred people, but nobody's really giving you that feedback. Cause let's be honest, brother, black people, black ministers love that feedback. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about that? Why do y'all need that so much? Uh, I mean, I, I think we would be lying if, if we didn't say culture, you know, how we, you know, look, man, we, even though we were brought up in church, you know, we were brought up listening to all kind of music, genres of music, especially whether it be R&B, hip hop. You know, my dad was a, was a big James Brown fan. So, <laughs> so, so hence he passed it on to me. And next thing you know, I passed it on to my kids. So even, <laughs> even, even my little six, seven-year-old daughter, five-year-old, now six-year-old son, and the other one soon to be two, they know who James Brown is. <laughs> yeah. And, and just say, so I think the culture, I mean, there is a difference in culture. And I think that, yes, we as, as ministers of the gospel, we need to learn how to adjust to different environments, uh, different cultures. So I think that's something that's it's good, uh, where I believe the Apostle Paul said, I become all things uh, to all men that I might win some. So in other words, if, if I went to uh, whether it was an all-Caucasian church, white church, or if I went to an all-Hispanic church. First of all, I don't really know how to speak Hispanic that good, so <laughs> I might be an interpreter. But, but the thing about it, I know how to adjust, you know, and I think that the energy, we do respond. I mean, I think that makes us, like when somebody, if, if we're saying we're preaching or teaching the word and people are responding to the word, I think that that gives us a little boost. It gives us an extra energy. Um, but versus like if somebody you're teaching the word, preaching the word and somebody's not responding, you know, I think, you know, obviously you kind of got to say amen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to bring your amens with you, you know, because I mean, yes, like you said, we grew up under free gospel, the, the late, uh, the honorable apostle Ralph Green, who, who I always honor him and, uh, First Lady, uh, Pastor Mother Green, amen, much love and honor to them always. And so being that we grew up in that environment, in that culture where there was a lot of energy and that and that energy was positive, you know, and, and we know it wasn't just energy. It, it was the presence of God, man. The presence of God is his presence is real. And one thing about it, the presence of God, it transcends all cultures. It transcends all races. And I believe that if, if you go to Africa, man, there's some people out there worshiping God in the hot sun. You know what I'm saying? Out there in all type of climate and weather. And they just praising and worshiping God. And they're not as privileged, some of them, as, as us over here in America. You know, but they but, but out of a sincere heart for God, they'll worship God right out there in the heat, man. And, and, and so uh, I believe that, you know, God is, he's revealing, you know, he's bringing us back to, hey, man, you know, 
if your heart, you know, it's a, it's about a heart thing, man, you know, and, and if your heart is in the right place, it doesn't matter what color, creed, race, ethnic group that somebody may put a label on, the same God will touch everybody the same. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Now, yes, most, I'm, I don't want to say all because I don't know, but most yes. pastors, you know, when they, when they, when they get out, when they become a preacher, it's considered a, it's, a, it's considered accepting the call from God. Mm -hmm. So, what made you accept the call? Man, I couldn't run from it. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I couldn't run from it. I mean, it was, it was one of those things, man, where the calling was on my life. Now, to be honest, I was not as mature as I thought I was. Um, I think you can have a gifting, you can have an anointing. You can have a calling, um, but some things God sometimes is working on a person's character, which he was doing in my case, you know, working on my integrity, working on my humility, you know, because it's just like somebody who may, let's say they can sing real good or somebody who can play the instrument real good, or they may be gifted to do this or gifted to do that. We know that there's a scripture that says the gifts and callings of God come without repentance, meaning God will put those gifts and callings on people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's their time or season to walk in them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes he's dealing with character flaws, which we all have. He's dealing with different things to mature that individual so that the weight of that calling will not destroy that person. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. That's a, that's a, great, that's a great way to put it. Great way to put it. Mm -hmm. One thing, too, that one thing, too, you actually do something that I, I haven't seen too many pastors do. You actually are pretty active in speaking out on social issues. I wanted you to talk about that more because with everything going on in the country, you've been really active in speaking on that. And a lot of people in the church, they just talk about praying, which is important, but you actually talk more about action along with prayer. So I wanted you to touch on that some more. Definitely, definitely. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, I think it's something that uh, we as not just African-American or black pastors or preachers uh, should speak on in terms of the racial uh, division that's been in this country. It's not something we know it's not something that's new, but it's been around even longer than me and you've been living. You know, our, our parents <laughs> and ancestors, you know, man, back back to them days, you know, uh, like yeah. my dad tells he told me stories, you know, God rest his soul. But he told me stories when he was picking cotton, getting paid pennies, you know, mm -hmm. back in North Carolina. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, still waiting on our 40 acres in the mule, man. Man. <laughs> say, Keep hope alive, right? <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> We're going to have to create our own on that one, brother. We do. We do. And, that, and that's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. So, uh, like you said, and, and key point, what you just said, I believe, you know, entrepreneurship and us really unifying as a people, uh, especially as black people. I, I think that's something that we need to continue to push toward, you know what I'm saying? And, and really uh, hear each other out, because I think we all have some good ideas, uh, but we have to be able to put them all together, you know what I'm saying? Uh, for the good of everyone. So that it's not just benefiting some of us, but there's benefiting all of us. Um, and I believe that, you know, uh, even the, the, uh, the racial 
uh, profiling and the things that's going on with the police. Uh, and again, I don't believe in uh, putting all cops in one bag, you know, like saying all cops are bad. I've met some good cops and I've met some good white cops. I've met some bad black cops. <laughs> I'm, you, you know what I'm saying? I've met some, some, some good black cops and I've met some bad white cops. So I don't believe in putting everyone in the basket, but I will say this, there are a lot of this. There's a lot of good cops, but there's definitely some bad ones there. And I, and I think the main problem is this whole no snitch rule, you know, just like in the streets or anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, that's, that's my partner. I'm not going to snitch on them. But if you're really so-called a good cop, why not tell on the bad cop? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, and uh, because I, I think really um, that's something that, a lot of even white pastors, and that's what myself and other black pastors like uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant, I've heard him, I've heard uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes and others as well, even Kurt Franklin. I've heard different uh, ministers and preachers say, hey, we need some of the white pastors, those especially in positions of influence, and I'm talking about some of the top dogs, if you will. Uh, they need to really speak to their people to say, hey, look, if, if you see racism or you see different prejudice that's going on or injustice. Look, you 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 can stop whatever you want to stop because racism wasn't something that would just came about by happenstance. It was systemic, meaning they started it many years ago. It was something that they planned out. And even even to this day, man, we give the illustration all the time. I got three little ones. We we put them in the park in the playground. They playing with other little white kids, little Asian kids, all. Kids are, kids are just kids in their own eyes. Mm -hmm. They're not thinking about any of that stuff until somebody teaches it to them. Yeah. So that means if you could teach it to somebody, you could teach somebody to unlearn that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we, 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 we got a long way to go still, brother. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. Now, yes, sir. I don't know if God gave you the gift of being a prophet, <laughs> but I want you to look ahead. Yes, Where do you see the church 2020 and beyond? Man, I, I, I tell you, man, honestly, um, I do see the church, uh, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone. And I, and I would say this, man, not everyone in the church or not all pastors or leaders do see the same. Um, but I do see prophetically, as, as you said, and, 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 by God's grace, what I see, man, I, I believe God is mobilizing the church. I believe God is telling the church, look, we got to get beyond the four walls of the church. Because the thing about it, even when buildings and some churches are, have begun to open their buildings back up, but I think the mentality has to shift. And I think that that's what God wants the church to do is to take on more of an, an active approach, a proactive approach even in terms of even this technology, the Zoom, uh, which I had a few issues with. <laughs> you know, I'm still learning some things. I'm, honestly, I'm still learning. Some, me and my wife, we'll tell you. And we're not that old. It's not like we're that old. But it's like it's some things, even our kids can pick up stuff sometimes faster than us. So I think we have to uh, even bridge the gap between the younger and the older generation in the church. And I believe that the, the youth, you know, a lot of times we'll say, well, the children are our future, but really they are present right now too. And so the church is really missing it if we're not going after the youth. 
because the youth have a lot of energy. They have a lot of innovation. They have a lot of gifts, a lot of different talents and abilities. So I believe you're going to see that God is going to bring a, a, a shift in the church, and there's going to be a unifying of uh, spiritual fathers and sons and daughters where there will be mentoring going on. and There will be a transfer, transfer if you will, of leadership where uh, more seasoned uh, saints or more seasoned pastors or leaders or people in position of authority will begin to equip the younger people uh, to go out into the fields. And, and when we say in the fields, we're talking about out there in the streets and out there in different places where some people are afraid to go. Those are the people who need the gospel the most. And so the church must move beyond the four walls. If we just continue with the same mindset of, hey, let's, let's just invite everybody to come to this building, we're missing it. We're missing it. So God is saying, hey, look, it's time for us to go out there and help him reap his harvest of, of souls. You know what I'm saying? It's all about souls because Jesus is soon to come. And I, I really believe even in terms of this, this government, the political system, I believe, man, as, as you know, and I know you, you study the word as well, we're living in Bible prophecy days that are being fulfilled. Biblical prophecy is being fulfilled before our eyes. And I believe the Antichrist is, is definitely on the scene. You know, I mean, this, this, this guy, number 45, who's in the office, I mean, I would call him him, but I'm not going to say that. But I tell you, I, I tell you, he's def if it's not him, he's definitely setting somebody up for that position. And um, so, but, but the church, we, we've got to take on an aggressive role. We can't be passive. We've got to be proactive and we've got to go after souls with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for being long-winded. Oh, no, 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 no. Listen, brother, listen. I know you're a pastor, so you're going to give a, a detailed answer and that's what I wanted. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Look, I definitely want to thank you, man, for doing this. Um, it's been a, it's been a pleasure seeing you grow from Sunday school all the way up to where you are now. So congratulations on the church and everything. To God be all the glory, my brother. To God be all the glory. Oh, and now make sure we can tell the people how to follow you if they want to attend the service, watch the service. How do they do that? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, sir. We uh, Our services, we stream them every Sunday. Our current time is 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, we stream our services on uh, the church page, which is Apostolic Deliverance Tabernacle of Christ. That's on Facebook. Again, Apostolic Deliverance Tabernacle of Christ. Uh, and then also sometimes we may stream it on my page, which is Dallas Simmons. Again, that's the Facebook page. Sometimes we stream it on my wife's page, which is Shaquita Simmons. But the primary way is the church page, Apostolic Deliverance Tabernacle of Christ. Please like us on that page. Also uh, share, if you don't mind, share the church page on your page and also tap the notifications bell at the top uh, right-hand corner so that you'll be notified when we're going live. And also we're on Instagram at ADTOC Ministry. Again, ADTOC Ministry. And also uh, we are on YouTube, our YouTube channel. Uh, we're still updating some things, but it is ADTOC fresh word all capital letters a d t o c fresh word and uh you'll see our youtube channel there's a few videos on there that you can view and um we're just excited man we're, we're excited about doing the work of god it's, it's an uphill journey and we know we we're just getting started and we got a long way to go 
uh, we'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary in September, the first week of September this year. Uh, so definitely tune in uh, to our page to, to see where we'll be holding our uh, anniversary celebration service. And, and if you're in the area, my brother, hopefully you can come. If you're in the Maryland area, anytime in September, hopefully you can come to our celebration. Uh, I don't think I'll be there, but <laughs> I said some, some good prayers. You were. <laughs> keep sending prayers, brother. Keep sending prayers. <laughs> hey, man, but again, thank you for uh, doing this, man. I truly appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate thank you hosting me, sir. Definitely. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. You too. Bless you, sir.